DJ, PK, and Craig Bolojack joining us now. TV voice of the Utah Jazz. His weekly interview presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. Bowler, good morning. Hey, guys, you awake? Uh, <laughs> you had to get a wake-up call. <laughs> Joe. I really hope they trade Joe. <laughs> I miss Joe. He doesn't miss me, but I miss Joe. I do. I don't miss him. <laughs> Yeah, he's driving around, tells you guys to kick it into high gear. We were talking college football, Pac-12, scheduling college football playoff, and I think we just bored him within an inch of his life. He wants the basketball talk you're about to provide before we talk to you about your Kansas City Chiefs, because we're going to talk some NFL in this segment. But first, but first, the NBA playoffs, the Lakers are now up uh, a game on Miami. They are 13-3 and in the postseason. How much did they have it kind of in cruise control during the regular season? Are they really this much better than the rest of the NBA? Because so far, nobody's been able to take two games off them in a playoff series, and there's nothing that happened in game one that suggests Miami's about to. Maybe they will, but we didn't see anything in game one that said, oh yeah, that's going to happen. No, that, Miami early, I thought, you know, looked uh, more comfortable in uh, the title, uh, you know, series against the Lakers in game one. And then all of a sudden the Lakers, cool and calm, just, you know, chipped away. Big three-point shots. Uh, that was the, the – that's what amazes me. I mean, Joe has that ability to do the same thing. Knock down a three, hit another one, the Jazz catch fire, and it's amazing the impact – and the power of the three ball in the NBA, and the Lakers just kind of erased an early Miami lead, and boom, uh, they took control. Plus, you had a couple of injuries with Miami last night, <clears throat> Bam and Dragic. So, you know, I I don't think there's panic with LeBron. How could there be? This is his tenth NBA final, and I, I just think it's just just a for him. Yeah, he feels the energy, but it's different in the bubble, obviously. Uh, but for me, watching him, there was just no panic, cool, calm, collected. I've been here before. Anthony Davis, this is why you came to L.A., and you know, they just dominated last night on, on the boards, especially the three-point line and the free-throw line. They, they pretty much had their way. Well, I still think pound for pound Magic Johnson was the best player in the league, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why. Uh, I'm going to tell you why. Debate. <laughs> think about this. What Magic had to do, and LeBron doesn't have to do this, Jordan didn't have to do this, is that he knew that he was the best player. But he had to acquiesce to Abdul-Jabbar to make sure he got the best out of them. LeBron and Jordan, and I just, my voice got higher when I got so excited about it. LeBron and Jordan, both those guys, everybody had to acquiesce to them. They never really had to play a role. You cater to me. Magic had to cater to a moody, brooding superstar. And he did it to the tune of five titles. Yeah, forget it. Whatever pound for pound you want, I'm taking Magic. And you all can do whatever you want. You just don't think Stockton at six foot one, 175, all-time steals and assists leader, and allegedly PK, the dirtiest player to ever play in the NBA, pound for pound, pound for pound. The true point guard, by the way. Magic played all five. Pure, 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 pure. The key is pure. Just a little side thing for Joe Ingles. I'm now bored and low energy, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm just going to plead guilty right now. 
Have you, have you lost your energy now? I have. We're just all right. I got a better ground. question is, for this you. This is a segment from 2003 on this exact frequency. I can't believe it. Yeah, but we're talking about LeBron here. Oh, okay, so. fine. I'm back. I'm back there. Okay. Let's go. I got, I got a better question for you. So we see Miles Leonard knee, or stands up, right? Right. And two Heat players to each side embrace his calf because they're kneeling. So put the, everywhere I go in the community, people are talking. I went and got yogurt the other night, and a guy, uh, you may even know him, lives in the community. He has a membership at Willow Creek. He keeps saying he's going to invite me, and he said if I called him out on the radio one more time, he'd invite me. So I'm calling him out right now. And he's telling me, I I just can't watch the NBA. It's too political, blah, 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 blah. And obviously he's approaching it from the conservative point of view, which he has every right to approach it from that point of view, right? If he wants, and he's telling me he's going to vote for Donald Trump, good for him. He's got the right to do it. I don't think that you're going to hell if you vote for whoever you vote, either guy. You can vote for whoever you want. I got no problem with either. Uh, so, I, but I've been getting this. I mean, I've literally been getting it at the gym, uh, and I, at the yogurt stop down the hill here where I live. Uh, I got it just just two nights ago. So I put on the question, you know, what do you think about uh, Myers Leonard standing up? And that's the way he's going to address the national anthem. He's going to stand up. And so many folks saying, well, I'm done with the NBA, blah, 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 blah. They don't present the other side. Well, I'm here to say that that is the other side, and the NBA actually embraced it. And his team actually embraced it. The two players who were both African-American on both sides of him put their hands around his leg as a show of solidarity, which means they embraced it. So you can say that they're giving you one side, one slant, but actually this one, it was sort of a trick trick question because I knew the answers we could get, but this way they're actually supporting what he did. PK, it's a free country, as you uh, eloquently just stated. And you know what? Everyone is going to express themselves or vote the way they want, right? No matter what you do. Look, the NBA supports their players. Applaud that. Uh, The players then decide how they want to make uh, their message uh, and how they go out on a nightly basis on the floor and – express it and Myers Leonard like you said he stood the guys still say they didn't shun him as you mentioned they actually said okay we respect the way that you want to approach this and actually as they knelt grabbed him uh and showed that hey look you're not you are a part of this team and we we respect your decision I mean there's a big lesson here Uh, people want to turn this off or turn uh turn away from the discussion, you know, and talking to Big T during our playoffs and during those 17 games at the arena that we called, you know, I really asked questions and I got answers. And, you know, some of the answers you don't like, uh, but I think you have to be at least open enough to at least listen. And that's, you know, look, I've lost followers on Twitter, you know, and I don't know you know, and the dis- people don't like the discussion, but I think you have to listen. And, you know, that's what everybody did in the bubble. That's what they're doing now. It's evolved some, and for Leonard to stand and his teammates to actually 
grab a calf, a leg, and say, look, man, you do your thing, we're doing ours, that tells me a lot. Maybe there's movement. Maybe there's in the sense of listening. Maybe there's dialogue that's being made. I mean, it's, it's tiresome because I hear the same thing, PK, everywhere I go. I'm done. I'm not listening. I don't care. And, you know, I just try to engage in why. And it's, it's an amazing thing of the answers that you get back. You know, I do think there will always be uh, division, discord, disagreements, whatever other D word I guess we can come up with there. Uh, I'm getting into alliteration here. Uh, but I think that when people stop with the theoretical discussion, the words and the symbols are divisive, but the work is unifying. You know, there are people in the bubble, players. I mean, there are as many players in the bubble now, right? But there are players, some said education reform, some on the back of the jersey said vote, right? We know Joe Ingalls had ally on the back. Well, like if you're raising money for scholarships to send disadvantaged kids to school, I think there's people of different political parties, people who vote for different candidates, people who go to different churches, maybe people who don't go at all, who suddenly find they have common ground working on that. You know, people who are uh, working with kids who are in a really tough spot, who are in the system, um, foster care, adoption, right? We know PK can talk about that. There are people out registering people to vote. Um, I mean, there's a whole long list of things we can go go through, right? And when you start doing that, then I think a lot of the anger melts away and you start, okay, we have this in common and working on this. And you don't notice the other stuff. But as long as we stay at the symbolic word era, I think we're just going to stay very divided. The words and the symbols mean different things to different people, and we're talking past each other. Yeah. You know, the thing, too, uh, that, and you all three of us have been in this business a long time, and it's, it's definitely has been a transformation of just give me the sports, give me the highlights, give me the scores. Well, what we're doing, the three of us right now, is what many tell me they don't want to hear. And that is the discussion in their sports. Sports and politics cannot overrun each other. And I try to explain, too, times have changed because those playing the sports are engaged in, in a situation that impacts their lives, and it's the stage that gives them an opportunity to express themselves. But many tell me they don't want the stage to be used as a messaging center. So that's part of this issue as well, is the blending of sports and politics. And that seems to be the driving force that everybody that comes up to me and says, nah, I can't do it. I said, you know, it's it, you have to understand these men, you know, have a message and they have a, a need and a concern and there are issues, but they don't want it to blend against uh, each other. I find that intriguing that you can't be open enough to have a discussion and granted, it is sports and it is politics, but it, in this country today, uh, that's just what has happened. And it's, in my opinion, and you can disagree, and I know many do, is that you have to stand back and just take a breath and listen and have a discussion. But, you know, you make an interesting point, too, DJ, is that the, the, the BLM, the Black Lives Matter logo, has been an issue for many. Uh, you know, in fact, Fox 13 uh, had the story, the letter that was sent to, to the Jazz uh, by the, the, the steel company who uh, decided to back off of their suites because of that. Um, and there's many who feel it, and there's many who support. And I don't know where we're going from here, but I hope progress. That's, that's all I can say. I hope there's progress made. Well, when you look at even 
I assume, I, I don't remember, during the 60s when they were protesting and all in the Vietnam stuff, who was doing most of the protesting? It was young people. Well, who are these mm-hmm. NBA players? Yeah. This is yeah. Donovan Mitchell right now is sort of finding himself. You know, he grew up in affluence. He went to private schools, and he talked about going on the weekends and living court, sort of a double life. So he's finding himself, and he's young, and his voice is being heard. In a way, that's sort of natural. Now, he has a much higher platform than most of us do. But really, that's what everybody does at that age. Um, and he does it well. I mean, from my seat, uh, I, I think he's been, you know, well-spoken. He's made his points. Some disagree. He's stood by his, his thoughts, PK, his feelings, his uh, is is a desire for change, and I think the community and most, you know, and you read posts and you, you know, you get on, uh, you know, social media, and there's I think there's more that support Donovan that than do not, and the team I think is an important part of it too. He's a leader. I mean, you know, Joe and 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 Donovan, and uh, you know what Mike Conley brings and Gobert. I mean, th- those guys get it. And I think, you know, for Joe, if he's listening, you know, I salute him for just putting an ally on the back. Look, he didn't have to make a huge statement because as being white, yes, Australian, but, you know, he just wanted to stand with his team and say, look, I, I'm with you. I get it. And, you know, I respect that. And everybody had a different, you know, opportunity to choose a slogan. And I think everyone did right in the bubble, 22 teams. Now there's two. And, Everyone had a, a reason to make a statement or to, to speak their mind of this situation. It's difficult, man. To I don't know what I would put on my back. Really, I would say harmony, listen, uh, discuss, something of that nature. Um, but it is uh, we're in a difficult time right now, and I just hope that you know, like I said before, I hope some you know the people stand back, listen, and try to let the anger uh, fall off their shoulders and just take some time to to, to listen to the issues. So, Bowler, you, in the football world, are in the good old days. (laughs) Yeah. I was watching uh, baseball and then flipping around during one of the 27 pitching changes and hit an NFL Films documentary uh, honoring the champions or something like that. And to set up how great the Super Bowl was for the Chiefs, they went through all the playoff disappointments since Len Dawson won Super Bowl four with the Chiefs, right? And right. I'm sitting there watching that thing, and I, I know, actually know multiple Chiefs fans, which I find to be weird, but I know that this is basically your life. This is basically yeah. your fandom. And yes. that all these defeats and collapses and frustrations and a horrible throw by Eldis Gerbach, and it was all going to – and now it's happening. And 50 years. 50 years in right. the making, by the way. Yes, 50 years. 1970 Super Bowl and the 2020 Super Bowl. Literally 50 years between their two Super Bowls. And so they win the title. They start 3-0. and They are on TV every week. You live in a different time zone, and you can watch your Chiefs every week on a different network. I mean, it's supposed to be CBS because they have the AFC, but they're so popular and playing so many primetime games. I think we only get like nine Chief games this year, right? Because they're on primetime all the time. And I'm wondering, 
sports is really important when you're young, but when you get deep into the business, has been do you enjoy it the way you thought you would when you were going through all those frustrations? Is it more business? Do you get lost in your childhood and flashbacks? What is it like right now? Because your team is literally, uh, and they may get dragged down, but right now they're on the top of the mountain. Right. They're right. there. Well, you have to explain that I went to every game as what I call a Wolfpack member. I had a little red um, uh, windbreaker, and for $5, I was able to go to the end zone seats while my parents sat on the other side of the stadiums, and a little better seating, by the way. Uh, But I still went and sat by myself and just took it in, took it in as a kid. And then when... Kansas City won against uh, Joe Cap and the Vikings in 1970 uh, Super Bowl Four. Remember, they played in Super Bowl One against Lombardi and the Packers and lost. So I'm a really young guy, but that's I think is the beauty of sport. You make your mark usually with the team you follow and love as a young a, a young fan, and that's exactly how I fell into this. And yes. Uh, since that point in time, and it tells you my age, but how young I started. Uh, but what I always followed with the Kansas City Chiefs from day one, even through Schottenheimer. And Joe comes from 49er land after the Niners said his elbow was shot. And Marcus Allen, they got to the AFC Championship game and blew it. Uh, Schottenheimer, I think 10 years, you know, coached the Chiefs. And there was so much hope that they would return to greatness. And then, you know, then there was a huge letdown. I mean, just coach after coach, quarterback after quarterback that, that rolled in there. The only, you know, the Nigerian nightmare, you know, Christian Okoye came in, and that was kind of a, a lift because, you know, he was such a powerful, dominant running back. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of wide receivers. Uh, tight ends weren't really a big part of what they're doing now with Kelsey. But, you know, the bottom line is to it is coaching and and a quarterback who believes in the system. And luckily, you know, that's what dynasties are built from. The Steelers, the 49ers, I mean, the Cowboys in their day, uh, they've been looking for the right guy too, right, in Dallas, America's team. And right now the Chiefs just happen to be the team in the NFL that actually has uh, one of the most dominant quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes and a a coach that everybody knows in Andy Reid, plus – the other part of that, 2PK, weapons. Wow. Speed um, on the corners, a, a tight end that that uh, just seems to have his way uh, underneath, and that's fun to watch. Defensively, they're good, but their offense really is just uh, dynamic right now. They can pretty much do what they want with Mahomes running the show, the reads defensively, and the weapons that he has, and the way that he uses them. No one's mad because everybody touches the football on a given Sunday or Monday. I'm having fun. Uh, good for you. I still think magic pound for pound. <laughs> I love you, PK. Who's your all-time NBA starting five? My all-time? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's start with Stockton at the point. Let's put magic at the two. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Where are you putting Jordan? Uh, the five. Three. <laughs> wherever, We're going as Bob small. Knight said, wherever he wants to be. <laughs> yeah, wherever wherever Jordan tells me he wants to play on that given night, you know? I mean, you got the all-time leading scorer, and you got to put, you know, Carl Malone at number two somewhere, right? Or uh, you, you, know, just, you just you blew off five-time champion Tim Duncan just like that. Just yeah, I know, cool. man. This is the other de- debate of where you go with, is he a power forward or a center? What do you do with Jabbar? 
uh, who yeah, but played it's yours. You, know, you get to choose whoever you want. 107 years in the league, you know. But you know, I'm I'm tilted. Look, I saw Carl. I saw John. We all did. And you know, you appreciate the 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 abilities of both those players, uh, despite the fact they would they they didn't win an NBA championship. You know, I'd kind of probably leave Jabbar on the side for a reason. I don't know why, but I would have to go Duncan and Malone. I like smaller ball right now. And uh, I can see Duncan at the five, Carl at the four, Jordan uh, playing where, wherever he wants. And you got to throw LeBron in that mix, too. Uh, and I think Stockton running the show would be an absolute blast as he would uh, you know, dictate uh, the pace of the game and who, who he delivers the ball to. They all want it, right? But it'd be small ball, power ball, three ball, inside ball, all the above. Two ball. I think Bowler. Yeah. I think Bowler's got eight guys in his top five. Well, I gotta have a bench too. You know. <laughs> Who's your all-time bench? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, there's so many players, and that's the beauty of this discussion, man. I, you, TK, DJ, you guys get into it like I do. I'll stop at the grocery store. Somebody just asking the same thing, man. Real quick, just tell me your top five. It's like, oh wow, <laughs> but it's it's hard because it's generational right and it's a style of play i was talking to somebody yesterday about just the toughness of what we saw in the last dance of how much has changed from then to now about how you could just beat the hell out of each other basically and not even get called a foul you saw those the, the, those detroit games with with chicago come on and the way jerry sloan played in his day and then relax at halftime with a cigarette or two <laughs> Look what we're doing today. I mean, it's it's a totally different game where you can't touch a, a player. And offense is all – it's all about offense. And the defensive side of the ball is tough to play because, you know, if you even bump or touch a player, uh, you you know, you're going to whistle for the foul. So – uh, times have changed, and it's going to it's going to continue to change. We're watching. Yeah, that right but what now. hasn't changed is I still like to relax afterward with a cigarette or two. <laughs> Filtered or unfiltered, PK? Which one? Which one do you desire? I mean, <laughs> one of each. One of each. <laughs> I don't even know what the difference is. <laughs> one of each. Filtered and just uh, like a ready roll. That's what my granddad used to do. Man, just get the paper out, roll it up, you know, put it in the mouth and go. So. Well, on that note. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. Thanks, Bowler. Hey, guys. Good show. Good talk. I'm glad Joe woke you up. All right. Thanks, Bowler. (laughs) See you soon.